Welcome back to this week's episode of the Seatown Podcast, where Seattle business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders are invited on to share their stories with us. I'm your host, Christian Harris. As the owner of an indie real estate brokerage here in Seattle, I'm naturally interested in various communities around Seattle and what makes each of them so unique and distinct, as well as being involved in the community. And local businesses and organizations play a large part in shaping the flavor and character of the neighborhoods that we love so much. So join me as we talk with these fascinating people and explore their stories of why they start their businesses, run their nonprofits, or otherwise are making an impact in the Seattle area. Today I'm joined by Amber Campbell of uh, Duke Communications. Um, I came across her as a recommendation from uh, one of my friends and uh, past uh, people I interviewed on here, Aaron Williams of Pure Coffee. Uh, Amber came highly recommended. Um, and so we're excited to share a little bit of her story and uh, what she does in uh, business to, to help her clients. Thanks for joining me today, Amber. Thanks so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah. So uh, tell me a little bit about uh, about what you do with Duke Communications and uh, kind of some of the different projects you have your, your hands in and how you got started. So Duke Communications provides one-on-one marketing consulting to businesses and organizations of all sizes. I work with small businesses. I have clients that are realtors, uh, restaurant owners. I also have done big projects for Microsoft. Um, I worked with Google for a little bit on a research project about community news. Um, So uh, Duke Communications is really about helping clients get noticed using not only traditional marketing tools, but of course digital marketing as well. Sure. Um, now it sounds like you've been in the uh, kind of the, the marketing world for a, for a while. I assume before the the digital aspect of things came along, you're maybe a little more traditional. You know, where, where was that transition for you? For sure, I don't want to date myself, Christian, but <laughs> I will tell you that I was on the fence about Facebook <laughs> many many years ago, yeah. holding out, not so sure. And I just, I love to tell that story because now, of course, you know, one point, more than 1.6 billion people are on Facebook. And, yeah. and so when my 14 year old daughter tells me, oh, mom, you know, face, it's not about Facebook anymore. I'm like, maybe not for you, but there are still a lot of people in that space. Sure. How did you uh, originally get started in, in marketing? Oh gosh, how did I get started in marketing a long, long time ago? Um, I first started, this wasn't an official marketing job, but I was um, a sort of ambassador um, in elementary school, low-income elementary schools in Tucson, Arizona for my university, the University of Arizona at Tucson, and I was the first person in my family to graduate from college, so... I was, as I said, I was I was an academic tutor, but I was also somewhat of an ambassador for my university, helping students whose parents, families, a lot of their community members had not gone on to a four-year college, mm-hmm. and really showing them what was great about that, what was fun about it, why it was something you would want to do, how it was going to change your life. And as I moved on through my career in my early 20s, that's what helped me realize that marketing and communication specifically is where mm-hmm. I wanted to be because I just loved highlighting the best yeah. of things. And that's what I see marketing as, is, okay. is just focusing on all the best 
that a company or a brand yeah. or somebody, a service person has to offer. Okay. I, th- I think you came recommended uh, from Erin Williams. Yeah. So how do you, how do you know her? Oh, that's such a great question. So that just also lets you into sort of the other part is that, um, you know, after seven, eight years of running the Rainier Valley Post and just like banging my head against the wall, not mm-hmm. making any money, working twice as hard for for uh, half the money. So I I was referred to ventures okay. by uh, a couple of different friends. And finally, it finally hit me that this is a place that, that can help me mm-hmm. um, build my ideas. So I started taking classes there last February um, and then started teaching classes in August. Okay. Um, so you went through their full... So I went through their week? full program, program. and um, they said how'd you like to teach your marketing class? So that's one of my gigs now. I mm-hmm. taught la- the class last year and I'm going to teach the class this year. Okay. Um, but Erin has probably, Erin's my bookkeeping coach. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. She's, Be- she's great. I interviewed her on uh, what episode 33. Oh, for, I should listen pure, to that one yeah, before I Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I should. Erin has changed my life. She is an amazing person. And, um, you know, I like to think of myself as a phenomenal marketer, <laughs> um, and I love what I do, and I'm really good at it, and I'm proud of it. And when it comes to f- managing the financial part of my business, um, I have traditionally been a disaster. And uh, so you're in good company with most small businesses. <laughs> well, we don't, you know, we don't get yeah. in into this to do our bookkeeping, our finances. Sure. Um, but then if you don't do that, then you've just created a job for yourself. You're not actually building a business. Right. Um, and I got tired mm-hmm. of working too hard for not enough sure. and realized that, no, I really want to build a business that's going to change my life, my children, I'm a single mom, mm-hmm. um, and show them that it's not what happens to you in life, it's what you do with it. Right. Um, and me working so hard for something that wasn't giving me a return, I realized wasn't a good example for them. Mm-hmm. And ventures really helped me change that around. And Aaron particularly, because I've never met anyone who balances um, both the financial knowledge um, and that sort of nitty gritty in the weeds of how to get your, you know, stay on top of your finances and your bookkeeping yeah. with the emotional part. And the, the and it's just so funny because money is so emotional for all of us. Sure. And and yet most people that work in that industry, they, they're all about the numbers and they don't really get that touchy-feely financial part. Sure. So I've had other clients who are friends, other clients of Aaron's who are friends of mine confide. And these are... These are ball busting business women now mm-hmm. who say, you know, I spent my first three sessions with Aaron bawling, accomplishing no no actual sure. bookkeeping, just some therapy. but just bawling <laughs> yeah. about the shame I felt about over money, you know, and and, get, and once you get up through all those issues, and someone like Aaron who understands and helps you kind of use that and get through it, sure. which she did for me, um, you know, that's. That's all that was keeping me from really killing it in sure. my business. Sure. And so she's really helped me pull that together. Sure. Um, so before we kind of start the official interview, you're kind of telling me some of the backstory, some of the companies you work for and stuff. Um, so what, what kind of prompted you to start your own uh, small business uh, doing doing that and helping other small business owners? 
Well, you know, initially it was very self-centered. I had two young kids at home, or I was about to have young children. And uh, I, being a mom, was really important to me. And I just did not see how I was going to be able to hold down a 40 to 50, 60 hour a week job in a field like marketing and communications, which is so common, especially in a city like Seattle, and be able to balance being the kind of mom that I wanted to be. And so I thought that working for myself and working from home would be a great way to accomplish that. Now, I was also extremely naive before I had kids because, you know, of course, you're a perfect parent before you actually are one. Sure. It's very easy to critique when you... Oh, it's so easy. (laughs) And I'll never... Or or to um, sort of fantasize about what you think it's really going to be like, you know. And when I was uh, very pregnant with my first daughter, I remember another woman who worked for herself and had kids asking me, what are you going to do for childcare? I'm almost embarrassed to tell you <laughs> what I said to her. This is going to be great. What do you I'm going to work for myself. I don't need childcare. <laughs> she was so kind. She just laughed and said, oh, you know, good luck with that. Yeah, so that's cute. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, of course, I've learned that the hard way. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so how, how many, how long have you uh, had been working for yourself? I have been working for myself for at least about 14, 15 years now. Okay. I started doing communications uh, right about the time my first daughter was born, and she just turned 14. Okay. So you're, you're a veteran at this. Um, so I mean, what, do you, what do you love most about, about owning your own business? What I, what I said <laughs> was the reason for doing it in the first place. Um, I'm there when my kids come, from, come home from school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I may, you know, ignore them and tell them to leave me alone while I go back to work. Yeah. But, um, you know, all joking aside, I can take, uh, they've been taking the bus home lately. So, you know, they come in and they've got all their stuff and they're all excited about everything they've done for the day. And I can just stop what I'm doing. Sometimes I even stay at my desk and I just turn around and listen and chat for 20 or 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And once everybody's kind of played out, you know, and got everything out of their system and yep. it's seems nor- like a like a good transition time I'll say okay well why don't you guys go do your homework uh, got my 14 year old making dinner sometimes now and her nice. sister helping her out and mm-hmm. you know I always say mom's going back to work yeah yeah roll it around your chair <laughs> roll my yeah. chair back around <laughs> or walk down the hallway yeah. or you know so that's being able to spend quality time with them sure. that I definitely would not be able to do if I was spending a lot of time commuting sure and that kind of thing is, is probably one of the best things about working for myself. So it sounds like it really gives you the opportunity to live the, the quality of life you want to... It really yeah. does. You know, it gives me a flexibility and a, yeah, and a quality of life that I, that I really do enjoy. I'm able to prioritize. Sure. I do get a little tired of working from home once in a while. And sure. even your local coffee shop, after many years of working at home for yourself, feels, you know, sort of just like sure. your home. Yep. <laughs> yeah, no, that can be a challenge. Uh, so you kind of mentioned the the naivete going into you know mothering, and uh, I assume that, that there might have been some of that going to work for yourself. What what have oh you found? Goodness. What have you found to be the most surprising or unexpected aspect of starting your own business? Um, I think how hard it is, how hard it is, and how time consuming mm-hmm. it is for sure. Um, I don't think I realized when I first went into business for myself that there was a difference between creating a job for yourself 
and growing a business. Sure. And that's one of the big things I've learned. At, at what point did you discover that distinction? <laughs> Later than I'd care to admit. I ran the Rainier Valley Post for eight years, which mm-hmm. was one of the city's first community blogs, one of the city's first monetized community blogs. Um, but boy, and I started that, um, you know, as the rest of the journalism world was falling apart. Again, so naive, you know, I can do something better than all these big guys can do. You don't know until you try. You don't know until you try. You know, and you know what? The fact is that the Rainier Valley Post had a huge audience and a lot of traction and a lot of people were really sorry to see it go. But much like other traditional forms of journalism, it's so hard to make a living, to build a business doing sure. that. Um, and so after eight years of running that business um, and really putting out a lot more work uh, and a lot more effort than I was getting in return, mm-hmm. I, I came to the conclusion that, that I needed to pivot. Something needed to change. Yeah. Um, and, and bless my daughter's heart. She says, Mom, it's it's not a failing business. It just doesn't make enough money. <laughs> I love that I love optimism. Line. Yeah. The, the optimism, <laughs> I know. It's like, oh, thank you for that. But yeah, but yeah that's a failing business. So yeah. time to pivot and, and figure out how to make this successful. But not just walk away from that, you yeah. know? I mean, I had thousands of thousands of readers and, and a street cred I had developed in mm-hmm. my own community that I didn't want to walk away from, even though the Rainier Valley Post was not working as a business, as a lifestyle for me. I wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. I was finding that I was spending a lot of time uh, writing about people's misery. And I told you the reason I got into marketing in the first place mm-hmm. is because I love highlighting the best that things have to offer and people have to offer, not the worst. Sure. So that really wasn't um, where I wanted to go. And and so that's when I pivoted. That was 2015 okay. when I came up with the concept of go local, go South Seattle, mm-hmm. and looking at these. And those are those websites that you, you run, right? These are platforms that websites that um, in the future apps that connect neighbors with the businesses and the people and places gotcha. in a particular okay. community that make that it interesting and fun. Sure. Um, and we're really there to try to help the small businesses connect mm-hmm. with the neighbors right in their own community because I've surveyed um, probably a hundred businesses in South Seattle myself mm-hmm. and eight out of ten of them tell me that their biggest marketing challenge is getting the consumers right in their own zip code to know they exist sure and that's so common yeah, so, um, so micro, this is yeah. so this is really a way to provide <clears throat> turnkey digital marketing mm-hmm. tools to small businesses that don't have the time the strategy um, the budget frankly mm-hmm to hire somebody like me on a one-on-one basis. So I have clients that I work with one-on-one, we meet, we hash out their marketing, but so many small businesses just can't afford that. Sure. And so they need somebody to come to them and say, okay, here, here's a menu that you can choose from, that you can build on, yep. start here, add later, um, and connect with the community. So, okay. so what would you say that your, uh, that, that Go Communications is is known for as far as, you know, like the, the people you really kind of that sweet spot of the people you you like to work with and uh, your end end objective, I guess, you know, because there's a lot of, you know, 
marketing as a general term out there. You know, sure. So. Sure. Well, so do communications offers one-on-one marketing services. And I love in that respect, I love working with small businesses because mm-hmm. you can really see the change um, real soon, you yep. know, when you start marketing and really putting together all the ideas and uh, kind of strategizing and getting away from the random acts of marketing and social media that most businesses do because right. they don't have time or energy to plan and really sketching out a, a framework and a plan for a whole year. Mm-hmm. And you just don't get to do that at huge companies. Now, I've sure. learned some amazing things at huge companies. Sure. But to be able to implement that knowledge. Sure. Um, and then see the results. And it see the results. It takes a long time in a big company. Yeah. So I love doing that with do communications. And then I've just tried to do that on um, sort of a more affordable turnkey basis with our Go South Seattle clients and other Go Local clients. Cool. Now, uh, kind of transitioning uh, in our time together from you know the business aspect to kind of the more more personal side of things. How uh, how do you start each day? What does it look like for you? Making sure that my kids leave the house with one healthy thing in their stomach. Okay. <laughs> um, that's probably on the personal side. On the business side, I have a real or on the personal to business side, I have mm-hmm. a real long commute down the hallway. Um, to my office, which is nice. I think like most people, I spend most of the first part of the morning responding to email and just kind of making sure that any fires are put out. And um, before I really settle down and start doing client work, I spend the early part of each day checking almost every one of my clients' Facebook pages to just sort of orient myself to what's going on with Mm -hmm. that particular community. Uh, Do we need to be, how's our posting schedule? Um, what are the responses from people? What do we need to change? That kind of thing. Sure. Uh, what would you consider your greatest strength to be? I don't give up. Especially when people tell me I should. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or, or, or that I can't do something. Uh, if you want to give me the energy and the inspiration... Mm-hmm to really do something that I may not be sure if I can do, yeah. you just tell me I can't do it. Just challenge on it. <laughs> You're like my six-year-old son. Yeah. <clears throat> I bet you can't eat that broccoli. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Kinda. Yeah, I'm that simple. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, what, what's one habit that you wish you had? One habit that I wish I had, being prompt. Are you, you like me, you overestimate or underestimate how long it takes you to get someplace or how Always. long it takes you to do something? I like to say, yeah. you know, thanks to the internet, there's an article written about absolutely anything, including being positive about being late. And so, yes, I choose to look at it the way you do, that um, <laughs> I'm just so optimistic about what I can get done. Yep. Now, luckily, um, my partner is uh, I'm not married but my partner is in the military and as you know if you're not 20 minutes early in the military you're 10 minutes late that's right you got to be 10 minutes early for your 10 minutes exactly before formation you know so on one hand you know of course it drives me a little bit insane um, he has this habit of standing at the door, you know, when I'm still blow drying my hair or something. And, you yep. know, he's like, <clears throat> um, but it's the best thing for me because I really need to gravitate more towards, 
his characteristics. And when he starts gravitating towards mine and being late, I say, no, 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 don't do that. Hold your ground. Because you know how relationships do that after a while. You start becoming like, no, no, no. I really need to become more like you in this area. Sure. Um, what, uh, What would you say you're passionate about? I am passionate, sometimes to a fault, about making sure that my kids have the kind of opportunities in their lives that I didn't. Because I think that not having those opportunities, sometimes I think that they they still hold me back today. You know, Mm -hmm. that that if I had had a better education, uh, more adults, positive adults as as role models, uh, you know, those kind of things, more access to different experiences and opportunities that I'd probably be a lot farther ahead in life. And, you know, I'm not knocking myself. I think I've done well and I'm proud of myself, but, um, I I would rather them be able to make choices about, um, what they do in life than to be held back by not having the opportunities. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm passionate about. Okay. Uh, in your day to day business operations, what boundaries have you set in place to keep you from being distracted by, you know, technology and other typical time suckers? That is so difficult when you work on Facebook. Sure. Um, it's probably one of the hardest things that I have to do. So I have a great timekeeping system that I keep open on my desktop at all times. Um, and I just try to be really, really strict about sticking with one client's work. Sure. And even if it's 15 minutes or a half an hour... You know, to be really, really hyper-focused on, okay, I am going to only focus on this client's community, this client's page, this client's... Sure. Seems like that would be a very big requirement, <laughs> in, especially in, you know, what, with what you do. I mean, it, I have to. But yeah, yeah but, but I'm not able to, you know, like I know a lot of people after the election, you know, took, took, took a break. Sure. Um, and I really wanted to, and I, I couldn't. Sure. So that was kind of hard. Yeah. You got to design a like a political filter, like <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How do I weed out all the political comments? Exactly. In my yeah. uh, what, what have you found to be the most challenging aspect of owning and running your own business? Mm. I think self discipline is one, and I'm not sure if this you know exactly falls under that question, but. Um, one of the things I've learned is that it's possible to have as dysfunctional a relationship with your business as with another human being. And that if you're not straight about what your goals are mm-hmm. for your business, and probably more importantly, what your goals are for your life, because your business exists to make your life happen, to sure. empower you in your life, to give, make your, your personal life look the way you want it to look. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've learned the hard way that without strategic planning, both in my personal life and in my business, and really staying clear about what my goals and values are, Mm -hmm. I can get easily sidetracked. Sure. Um, in fact, I think the Rainier Valley Post was a bit of a sidetrack. Wasn't really what I loved to do. Um, but I saw a need um, I got a great response mm-hmm. and I just kind of went in a direction 
a little bit more unconsciously than I think I'm comfortable with. Sure. So, so I think that's the challenge is really staying focused. Sure. I mean, in, in my observation, you know, in the, in the real estate world, that's pretty common. You know, if you go into your business without a clear goal or strategy, you basically just bounce from one quote opportunity to another and exactly. you have no direction, no momentum, your business is all over the place. You said it. Now, in, in your business, do you, you kind of mentioned the, the value of having a strategic plan. Uh, when you work with clients, is that kind of your main focus or do you do, you know, start big picture strategic plan and then you also work down to helping them with the actual tactical implementation of social media? I do both. Okay. Um, I, I am also working on sort of a DIY angle where I coach people to do it themselves. Mm-hmm. That's not totally fully developed yet, but it's coming. Um, right now, I do the strategic planning piece. I also do the execution. I'm a lot more comfortable doing strategic planning with execution. So if you ask me to come in and execute somebody else's plan, maybe. Um, if you ask me to come in and execute without a plan, I won't sure. because that's not the best use of your time or your money. Sure. So, so I kind of insist um, that we have some sort of a strategic plan to mm-hmm. start out with. And in fact, sometimes I'll write that plan, work with a client to write that plan, and then they'll implement it largely on their own. Yeah. And we'll sort of tease out, okay, this is what's going to cost you time. This is what's going to cost you money. This is what you can hire out, how much it's going to cost you. Mm -hmm. And then again, with an overall plan over a year and an overall budget, you know, you can sort of pick and choose. Well, okay, this year I want to do that and I'm going to put more money towards that. Um, But next year, you know, hold off and do that because that's really how clients see success. So I'm setting myself up for failure if I just come in and start executing without real goals and real plans. Sure. Makes sense. Um, what, what's been some of the best advice that you've ever received? That's easy. Uh, back when I was faced with the opportunity of going to college at the University of Arizona and being the first person in my family to graduate from college, I didn't have a lot of family support, either emotional or financial. A lot of people think that when you're the first person in your family to go to college, everyone's cheering you on sure. and you go <laughs> and really it's more like, don't forget where you came from. You know, now you think you're better than the rest of us or something like that. So, you know, it was really hard and I was really not sure. Um, you know, in my house, my daughters are convinced. I mean, they're going to, they know they're going to college. It's not a question. Um, it's a matter of how and where. Um, in my house, it wasn't like that. And so I was already really nervous about whether or not that was this was even something I should do. And then I'm faced with the financial part of it and I had no assistance whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So I'm at this, you know, from my family. So I'm at this workshop that they made us do and I'm looking at these numbers and I'm looking at these loans and it's more money than I've ever even heard of in my life. And I'm, I'm getting cold feet and I'm thinking, I, I can't do this. I'm gonna set myself up for a life of debt and And someone told me at the time, someone who had been in a similar position as me, advised me not to worry about the money. She said, they they can't take it away from you. They can take away a car you can't pay for. They can take away a house you can't pay for. They will never take away your education. 
So I don't know what your future, this was somebody that didn't know me. So Mm -hmm. I don't know what your future looks like. I don't know what you're going to do with this opportunity that you have in front of you, but do not let the scary numbers, uh, scare you away. The big numbers scare you away from doing this. And I wasn't sure if she was right at the time. Now I know she was. Yeah. And it was that and only that that gave me the courage to do it. And what was kind of the big motivator for you to, to, to be that first person to go to college? Like, why, why, do you, why do you decide that that money and that debt risk was, was worth it? Well, you know, it's funny. I never really thought about, thought about it like that, believe it or not. Um, but it's, it's kind of the same answer to what I t- when you asked me what I'm passionate about, and it's providing my daughters with the opportunities that I didn't have. Um, I wanted those opportunities that I didn't have back when I was that age. And I knew that I was missing out on opportunities that other kids had. Um, I didn't have quite the viewpoint on it that my kids have now. Um, you know, I was... I was a confused kid. There was, a, you know, without a lot of support, you know, growing up. And so there was just a lot of confusion. You know, I mean, I, Christian, I didn't even know before I went to college that marketing was a profession. That I, I, I had no vision growing up of office work. Everybody that I knew mm-hmm. was either a laborer, a waitress, my mom had taken some college classes and was a secretary, and that was pretty schwa schwa back sure. then. Some trades know. and services, yeah. But she worked for a newspaper, so yeah. we didn't, you know, I, I didn't know. I honestly didn't know that there were people out there that did marketing, mm-hmm. uh, that had office jobs. That so that was uh, that was really. Uh, but I knew that I was missing something. And, and that I wanted to know that stuff. That all those other people that seemed to be in the club. Mm-hmm. New. Okay. So you feared college education would kind of open up, would, would expose you to whatever that was you were missing? I didn't really know what I was going to get there, but I knew that I was going to get that degree and I was going to have that achievement that would put me in a similar club, if you will, sure. as people that seem successful. So I was like, okay, I'll try that. Sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, do you listen to podcasts? I do. What, uh, what, what are your... Favorites. Well, okay, so you know, like everybody, I love you know the cereal mm-hmm. and the the, cere- the those type things. Um, one of my all time, I also love uh, politics. I love left, right, and center. Mm-hmm. Um, I um, I <laughs> last year I fell in love with a podcast called um, Welcome to Night Vale. Okay. Have you heard of it? No. It's very quirky and strange, and it's awesome except that it's this great sort of nighttime relaxing thing to listen to Mm -hmm. and so I started listening to it at nighttime as I was falling asleep well my body now associates the show with sleep I cannot (laughs) stay awake no matter under penalty of death now I cannot stay awake and it drives me crazy because it really is like a switch in my brain I start hearing it and I just go right to sleep okay so So, listening to in the car is out of the question listening to in the car (laughs) is absolutely out of the question but um that is but but don't take that as a as a negative uh sure um um, review because mm-hmm. Welcome to Night Vale is just quirky and fun. Like a like a drama type. Yep, type? it's a okay. fun little storytelling. Yeah. Okay. 
drama and about a quirky little town out in the middle of the desert and so if you like Tucson sure yeah might, might enjoy that yeah, yeah. okay check it out uh, if you, and then yours of course well of course but you know saving the best for last <laughs> Uh, if you could recommend just one book to our listeners, what would it be? Well, if it's, you know, if you're interested in having your own business, which I, I know that that's your, you know, that the, most of the people that you interview are small business owners. Mm-hmm. Um, the E-Myth. Love it. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. great? Turn, turn my business around. Right? Yeah. Mine too. Exactly. In the process of, so yeah, such a great, in fact, I just listened to it in sometime in the car, you know, just. Mm-hmm. Just to inspire me and remind me because it's sure. so packed with things that you that you need to remember. I just listen to it randomly sometimes. Yeah, that's great. Uh, well, thank you for your time today. Um, in in parting, what um, what's the best way for our listeners to get a hold of you if they're interested in hearing more about your business or getting some marketing help for their small business? Oh, I'd love to help people um, get attention for their small business. So you can go to gosouthseattle.com. You can visit us on Facebook. Um, we're at Go South Seattle. And you can also check out my Do Communications website at docommunications.net. All right. Sounds good. I'll put all those links in the show notes. Awesome. So, Thank you so much today. for having me. Yeah. Thanks, Amber. That wraps up this week's episode. Make sure to check out our guest website, pay them a visit, and otherwise support what they're doing. If you have questions, know someone who should be a guest here or has a story worth sharing, email me at christianharris at ctown.com. That's S-E-A hyphen town.com. I would also be honored if you could go to iTunes and leave us a review and a nice five-star rating. We work hard to bring on great guests and provide exceptional content. And getting a review from you is one way to help the podcast rank well in iTunes so others can find and enjoy the show as well. You can also find out more about me, how my real estate indie brokerage and our unconventional approach can help you with your Seattle and Eastside real estate needs and other projects I'm working on by visiting ctown.com. That's S-E-A hyphen town.com. Today's intro and outro music is courtesy of the Fascination Movement. You can find their albums in the iTunes store. The Seatown podcast creator and host is Christian Harris. You can listen to more episodes and find all our show notes on our website at ctownpodcast.com. That's S-E-A hyphen townpodcast.com. This has been a Seatown Media production. Thanks for listening.